The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. And that, my friends, is how you start postseason play. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here unexpectedly in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, although I don't know how many people will join us because a lot of folks <laughs> a lot of folks are working today, obviously. Thank you for listening. If you're here, uh, thank you for being here. If you're listening out in podcast land, thank you for listening. If you want to help us out, shoot us a little dinero because uh, you like what you hear, like our friend Mary Jo Grapp did. Thank you so much. Thank you all year for your generous uh, donations to us. There is a link in the description, in the PayPal, to the PayPal, where you can donate to the to us, and we really appreciate it when, when you do. And look, I was nervous going into this game. Davidson was not who I was not, was my, I mean, most folks were didn't want to play St. Bonaventure, which I certainly agreed with, given what how they beat us in the regular season. I did not want to play Davidson, because I watched them improve and play better. And just the way they play sometimes can be a real problem for us. But by and large, there were a few moments that were that it got a little interesting. And there are a few moments when Davidson had things kind of their way. But in general, this was a really good performance from VCU. This is how you want to start the postseason. Not very much drama, really. We'll get to the dramatic points there. You know, Davidson had a little flurry in the first half when they hit three shots on the road to get it from 6-0 to 6-6. And then 8-8, and then after that, it's all VCU, I think. See if the live scoring can tell us. But I'm pretty sure VCU led this game for about 38 and a half, 39 minutes here. Let's see here. Uh, let's see if it says, because I will, nothing's not it. So let's see if it's got that stat. But they led for quite a while. 39 minutes and one second. I mean, really, you can't do – it's hard to do better than that, honestly. Uh, uh, and, yes, Chris MJ, the refs were terrible. I'll spend some time on them, I promise. Uh, that was infuriating, uh, dealing with that. Yes, and yes, Daniel Carter, for the first time, believe it or not, for the first time since 2018, a win outside Richmond in the postseason for Mike Rhodes and VCU. So – that monkey's a little bit off his back now. Great. And again, a really good performance. And a performance that just shows you why VCU's done so well. Because it is it is a balanced attack today. Four guys in double figures. And Johns, if he could have made his free throws, would have been five. You know, Jalen Deloach didn't get the ball enough for me. Jalen Deloach had a tremendous game today. I think he might have just missed the triple nickel, the famous triple nickel that three-bid league loves to talk about, others love to talk about. Ace Baldwin today, under control, 
ran the offense beautifully, took a couple of no-no shots that ended up being yeses. And John Eckert, I'll, we'll spend some time on the debate on who we'd rather play as well. We'll, we'll get to that. I promise we'll get to that. <coughs> but VCU in control of this game pretty much throughout. But when this game could have got interesting, a couple of different times, don't worry, John, we're going to spend plenty of time on the refs, I promise. A couple of different times, I think three different possessions in the second half, Davidson could have got this down to six. They could have got this down to six. John's huge block. Watkins' huge block. And one of them and one of those directly led out to an out to a to a to an out number on the other side, and VCU got to the foul line, made free throws, and got it back to ten. So they so they they got those big turnarounds that you need to have. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and that was that was actually gigantic. And the block number, you, you if you were watching the telecast, you saw it. VCU ends up with ten blocks. Ten blocks! Deloach had four. Jameer Watkins is three. You don't think of Jameer Watkins as a huge block guy. Johns gets two. Banks gets one. Uh, is it Banks gets one? No, Banks gets one. None gets one. You know, th- this is... This is really terrific. This was really terrific. They were so good at the rim today. You know, a couple of... One late in the second half, Davidson got a couple of easy ones, but by and large, they were so good at the rim today, VCU. They were so good at defending. They didn't give away, you know, a lot of three-point plays down there either. And it was just... It really was tremendous uh, defense from them. And look... You know, this is Davidson. Davidson is a team that's built on shooting threes, built on efficient offense. Uh, and Chris MJ, that's not a bad comparison. There were some Tillman and Mo says no type blocks today. I absolutely agree with you. But Davidson, 20 of 54 from the field, 37%. Three for 12 from three, and they made all those three in the second half. They had a three point, they had a half with no three pointers. They were three for eight. VCU beats them at beats them like a drum on the outside. You don't expect that. You don't expect that at all. Um, and they just they just did a tremendous tremendous job. If we're gonna pick some nits, here are the two nits we gotta pick. Uh, rebounding could have gone better. They were minus three overall. They were minus eight on offensive rebounds. Davidson nine, VCU one. But befitting the defensive effort that VCU put out there, second chance points was only 5-2. to two. Jameer Watkins gets VCU's only offensive rebound in the last three minutes of the game and sticks it back in. And what a game he had today. What a fantastic game Jameer Watkins had today. Three threes for him. I, I'm never confident when he shoots a three, but that was he was terrific today. And the other nit to pick... Way too many three-pointers in the second half. They still shot the ball great, and they actually shot the ball great from outside. But i got to be honest with you, I'm never going to be comfortable with two-thirds of VCU's field goal attempts being threes. Just not going to be. I'm sorry. Don't I don't like that at all myself. That's me. <clears throat> that said, what, a, what an offensive performance here. 57% from the field, 27 of 47. And in the first half, they had three or four shots 
that two of them were in and out. Ace had a three that should have went in and didn't. None had a three that should have went in and didn't. Kern had two that rolled all the way around the rim and fell off instead of fell in. So they could have been easily over 60% for the game. And look, I don't want to see him taking that as many threes as they did, but 9 of 21, they're going to be hard to beat most nights. Watkins, Eckert, he was John Eckert. He was tremendous tonight. He was tremendous tonight. Those blocks, six rebounds, you know, and Nick Kern. I want to talk about Nick Kern for a moment. He always scores four points. Nick Kern's decision making. This kid is a sophomore, and he's playing. He's playing so smart. You know, two or three different times, you would have expected him, especially last year, to doggone just jack the shot up, or he gets close to the basket, and he'll have a guy draped all over him. He'll shoot it. This year, he is making the extra pass that's needed. He passed one to Watkins in the corner or no, to Banks in the corner, and Banks didn't make it. It was a tough shot. It was a three-pointer, but it was an open look. But it was the right play. And what to me, late in the game, when you're sitting there, uh, Bradley, Okay, I'll just interrupt you for a moment to say, Bradley, your dad knows. Your dad's always going to have that win last year over VCU in the tournament, and that's great. But we're going to win the tournament title this year and, and make up for that. And just let him know that VCU runs Richmond. As long as your dad knows that, we're good. Uh, and Paul Seward, I did too. I enjoyed the game so much because they played so great. But late in the game, they come down. Ace whips a pass into Kern, and you're thinking, okay, Kern's going to drive the basket, lay this in. He doesn't have the shot. So he waits. He kicks it back out. The ball goes around to the perimeter, and I think it ends up – I think it ends up with – it either ends up with none or I'm, I'm trying to remember who it ends up with. I think it ends up with none. Either way, VCU scores right at the end of the shot clock. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. That that's Badly Heath, that's fair enough. VCU ends up with the, the shot clock scoring, and it was just it was just a fantastic possession. It was the best offensive set of the game. It was them playing smart, playing the right way. What what Mike Rhodes talks about keeping the ball hot. And really, this was an 18-point win, and I'm happy with that because, we're, look, we're at the time of the year where you, do, you don't see the trap door coming until you step on it. Marquette, with our old pal Shaka Smart, is currently in an absolute war with St. John's. St. John's is the eight seed. Marquette's the one. St. John's was up 10 at the half. It's a tie game right now as I've got it on the television. All these other one seeds that have lost in these tournaments – Alcorn State last night in the SWAC, uh, Southern Miss in the Sun in the Sun Belt, and you you know Moorhead State in the Ohio Valley, and you can go down the list. You could, I mean, you don't you don't see it coming around the corner until it's too late. Sometimes VCU was never in danger in this game. Only when Davidson could have got it to six, they get those big blocks, they extend the lead, and they just squeezed the life out of Davidson, and Davidson. You know, they had to get some easy ones at the end just to get into the 50s. And if it wasn't for those blasted refs, this game would have been a real route. Now let's talk about them. My goodness, in the second half, they were they were just trying. It's just It was just like the game at Davidson last year when VCU had the big lead and then the refs basically called everything against them they could and nothing on the other side that was the same. 
and they tried to get Davidson back in the game, and Davidson almost stole it when VCU had thoroughly outplayed them. And it was the same thing. They call that foul on Watkins with two on the shot clock when it's going to be a damn turnover, and you just like, give me a break. They're calling fouls on Deloach, and I think you said, John Eckert, that they have it out for Deloach. They've had it out for Deloach all year. He can stand straight up, and the guy can bump into him, and it's a foul on Deloach. It's ludicrous. It is ludicrous. Deloach only got 20 minutes tonight. And he would have had a triple nickel if he had gotten to play more because Deloach is passing tonight. I want to talk about that for a moment before I go back on how terrible these refs were. Deloach's passing was sublime. He had three assists. He should have had five or six easy. Played tremendous. Oh, oh gosh, that, that was bad, Daniel Carter, the one on Deloach when he was vertical. The other one, they missed an offensive foul. Clear as damn day down there. VCU gets justice and gets the steal. And then they call a double dribble on ace. Oh, my gosh. I was about to lose it. I was about to lose it. Yes, Chris MJ, that was it. So, yeah, we get the clip. It's clearly off Davidson. Like 100% off Davidson. And they call and, and, and call it right, and then they turn the call. Then you got that one where Ace is running out there, and maybe the only thing you can say is that Deloach cut out in front of him at the wrong time, and maybe that caused Ace's dribble to be weird. But I've seen them. They missed some carries out there that were obvious. They call a double dribble on Ace. What was that? I mean, it was five fouls to zip starting the second half. It was terrible. It was terrible. And, and give VCU some credit. In the end, it doesn't go – it ends up they both shoot the same amount of free throws in the second half. In fact, they both shoot four for seven. You know, Davidson, that could have been their route back into the game because, golly, I mean, they had four fouls on VCU at the first time out. And I think they were in the bonus right after the, after the under 12. But here's the thing. VCU's guards are so good at defending – excuse me – that, by and large, they kept these guards in front of them. Foster Lawyer, final game of his career. Unbelievable player for Davidson the last two years. You know, all-conference team. Two for seven, one for four from three. And that's only because we, we foolishly double-teamed somebody. Eight points, three assists, two turnovers. Lawyer couldn't do diddly squat. And, and, you know, and Bailey got a couple of drives on us, but he only ends up with nine points. You know, Huffman gets to 10. He ends up leading them in scoring. But they just, they, you know, you think about the game at Davidson where Lawyer didn't play. Spadoni and Kachera gave us a problem. Uh, they didn't play a ton. Spadoni only played 10 minutes. Kachera played 12. Both of them zip. And I think they needed, and obviously they needed some points out of them today to have a chance. You know, Desmond Watson wiped him out two for ten. Great defending, but these blasted refs, they just seriously, they were inventing calls, it looked like, at some at some at points in this half. And I'm just sitting there going, There where is the contact? And and it's like John Feinstein said during the games yesterday. You only call a foul if there's an advantage gained. There's not much contact. Where's the advantage gained? Oh, Awful. 
Absolutely awful. Please, Lord, don't let us have these refs again. I'm, I'm getting tired of saying stuff like that, but I feel like I've been saying it too much. Now, let's get back to the good things. And let's get back to the great things. Nine assists on 12 made baskets in the second half. 18 assists on 27 made baskets. Folks, that kind of offense can win you championships. That kind of offense can win you NCAA tournament games. And they only had 12 turnovers. They had eight of them in the second half, but they only had 12 turnovers too. So you talk about the kind of targets VCU is going to be setting for a game, at least from my perspective, 12 turnovers or less, that's a good game. Two-thirds of your baskets are assisted, that's a good game. I mean, seriously, with with this improvement that this defense has made uh, from, from the start of conference play to now, ain't many teams going to beat them when they're doing that. Yeah, John Eckert, the, the, the announcers weren't great. Calling stuff wrong too. One of the times they said, "Oh, it's a charge on so and so." No, it was. It was no. They called. They said it thought it was a defensive foul on VCU, and it was an offensive foul on Dayton Davidson, and a few other ones. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Can we get? Can we get Mike Corey back? Can we get Dr. John Giannini back, please? Golly Moses! Although John Eckert, at least it wasn't Jack Collinsworth yesterday. Jack Collinsworth. Ooh, I can't stand it. Can't stand it. And and great point, Bill Baldacci. You know, thirty points from the bench, thirty to twelve. You know, that's 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 Watkins, that's Jackson, that's Shriver and Banks all contributing. You know, Shriver again. One of the actually one of the threes he made was a really tough shot that I wouldn't have wanted him to take. But most of his other threes, except for the heat check one, were good shots. And we're in the context of the offense. He did a great job. Zeb Jackson, three assists. How about that? How about that one to Kern? Zeb Jackson drives. And a lot of players in his position are thinking, it's two for me. 100% it's two for me. And he spots Nick Kern on the Kern line or the baseline, as everybody else calls it, and slips it to Kern. And it's an easy lay. And that was, wow, that was beautiful. And look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different guys getting assists for those 18 assists. Six for Baldwin. Tremendous. Three for Deloach, and he should have had five or six. You know, none, uh, none gets two. And none, golly, if he hadn't had to foul trouble, he'd have had a big night because he had 10 points. He only played 20 minutes. None was really good tonight, and he would have been really great if they hadn't called him ticket-tack fouls on him. Kern gets two, Johns gets one, Jackson gets three, Shriver gets one. You get those assists. You get those kind of you get those kind of assist numbers. Seven different guys getting assists. You're going to be tough to beat. Uh, and of course, as I said, Nick Kern. I thought he was great tonight, even though he only has four points. He gets nine boards, but again, making the right decision, thinking of his teammates instead of himself, just tremendous. And so, as a result. This game, which could have been tricky in this game, in the past, we've lost this exact game, 1-8. We've lost it before. Instead, we roll right through. So, let's talk about it, John Eckert. You've been asking, who are we rooting for, George Mason versus St. Louis? <sighs> Boy, that's tough, because I honestly thought George Mason was going to lose to Richmond. And if Richmond were in this game, yes, Somebody tell Doug Hines to cover his ears. I would be rooting for Richmond. That said, 
George Mason's been hot. They weren't good yesterday. They should have got beat. We'll see how well they play today. We've only played George Mason once, and we didn't. And and again, this was another one of those games where we got lucky with an injury. George Mason didn't have Ronald Polite. They're going to have Ronald Polite this time. So for me, having played St. Louis twice, of course they didn't have Francis Socorro either. So I don't know. This is that's tough. I could go either way. I'll I'll tell you this. It is. I think you're right, John Eckert, and I think you're right, Janet Gibson. And I think you're right, Chris Conway. I think I'd rather have Mason because state rival. We played them in the tournament a lot in the days of the CAA. I would I would like to think that we're not gonna we're not gonna take them lightly, even though we beat them soundly the first time. Because again, they didn't have they didn't have their full complement of horses. We've had we've done all right against Josh Aduro. He's had some games against us, but we've gotten him in foul trouble a lot. And I want that challenge for us. And I'll be honest. I think the other thing, too, is Mason had to play yesterday, has to play today. It'll be their third game versus our second game. And the fact that they had to struggle past Richmond, this game's going to be a fight. I I expect there to be some bumps and bruises between these two teams. I expect the guys are going to be pretty sore. And, yes, of course, tomorrow's an off day, so that helps them. But I think, yeah, I think I'd rather have Mason than St. Louis. Because uh, it is hard to beat a team as good as St. Louis three times, even though St. Louis is, you know, really kind of felt, for me, they've really fell off a little bit, although they did beat Dayton at the end of the season. But what I'm really rooting for is to be right about chaos on the other side of the bracket. We'll find out. It's going to have to be some big upsets uh, for either Dayton or Fordham to lose, but I think there is a chance. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that is. But, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think Mason, I think I'd rather play Mason – on on Saturday. Either way, let's check the what the. Uh, hmm. I think the time on that is what? One second, as somebody is trying to call me, and they shouldn't stop that. Get that out of there. All right, let's check the time on Saturday because it's usually it's usually afternoon. The semifinals on Saturday, and isn't it nice? We're talking about a semifinal on Saturday. Isn't that wonderful? I think that's wonderful. I don't know about you. Yeah, 1 p.m. So, all right, 1 p.m. Saturday, uh, CBS Sports Network. I'll be here. No question about it. Um, no question about it. I'll be here. Live live video in the good and the bad and the ugly and all that. And, um, and of course, it'll be dropping in podcast line the next day. So, no question about that. Um uh, VCU good and the bad and the ugly, join us. We, we had a bit of a stripped-down game thread today because our admin, who usually puts the game threads up, was up there supporting. And by the way, since I mentioned that, every one of you in this group, anybody that's a VCU fan that hears this, great job today out there. Great job today making the noise, getting being excited, giving them some energy. Uh, terrific. Terrific job, VCU fans, today. Because, again, 11.30 a.m. tip. Not going to be a full arena. You know, I I, I think I, it sounded like and one, of the, one of the folks was saying Davidson had a pretty good contingent, which, again, I kind of I kind of want to see more visiting fans because we've been so good on the road. And if we can get that little bit of hostility in the road environment, I don't think I mind it as much. But great job, VCU fans, today that were there. You did a fantastic job. And, of course, Daniel Carter says he's going up Saturday morning. 
I imagine a lot of VCU fans that were kind of keeping their powder dry, were saying, all right, we're going to get up there now. So get on up there Saturday and support this team and give them a huge, fantastic crowd because we want that. It would be great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I feel, again, this is the game that worried me. I, whoever wins, I feel pretty good about the next game, whoever wins. Honestly, I do. Um, it was this, this was the game in this side of the bracket that scared me because we know about our postseason history. It hasn't been good. And look, you know, under Mike Rhodes, when we've gotten past the quarterfinal, we've gotten in the final. And I do feel really good about Saturday, really good about VCU winning. So we'll see you Saturday live here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Enjoy the podcast and podcast land tomorrow. As I said before, Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Game threads that are always fun. Um, you know, different things like VCU by the numbers. We keep a track of our non-conference opponents. We'll have a, we have a non-A10, we have a non-VCU A10 tournament thread that'll be going all day, plus our non-conference opponents and what they're doing. And, um, you know, we, we just do that. We'll keep it, we keep our eyes on all the other sports too, some baseball and all the other ones that are going on. That's why you should join us in the good and the bad and the ugly group. And I'll sign off with this. Another number one seed is in deep doo-doo. Shaka's Marquette is down one with 239 to go in that game at the Big East. So, again, do not turn your nose up at a performance like this today because VCU was never in any peril of winning, of losing this game. And that's what you want when you're one versus an eight or nine. You shouldn't have much trouble. You're not supposed to have much trouble, and VCU didn't. They looked like a team that was seven games better than their opponent in conference play, and that's what I like. Great job, Mike Rhodes. Great job, VCU players. Two more times, you got to do it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast as you have, and we'll see you tomorrow. Or Saturday, excuse me. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.